All right, good morning. Good morning. Thank you, good morning. Um, no, I, man, I'm loving the weather. Um, it's been great uh, the past two days uh, being sunny, but I love the rain. I think the rain was like, oh, the past two weeks. And I, I spent my, um, you know, I spend my day sometimes watching the rain um, hitting my grass. And I, I got new grass on the side of my house because uh, my builder, um, they ripped it apart once they built the other house beside my house. And I was like, no. But then they finally put it after two years. And then so I had to water it like every, thir like every day for two days. Um, no, every single day, twice a day. So I do morning and night. And so I'm out there and then uh, my neighbor. So I've been, I've been, I've been just, I've been happy. When they had that thunderstorm at nighttime, my dog was scared, but I was not scared. I was like, oh my gosh, it's raining again. And I was just so happy that it was done. Um, but before we start, let's just go to a word of prayer and then uh, we can start. Um, so if you could pray with me, um, that would be great. So let's pray. Uh, God, thank you um, just for this day. Um, thank you for um, the sunny weather that we're going to have this week. But I ask you, Holy Spirit, to just be in this place, convict us, guide us into truth. We ask you, God, to, to speak to us. We ask for an encounter with you, that you appeal to our hearts, minds, and imaginations. And I pray, God, that, that through my weaknesses, God, that you will just speak, that I'm just fully relying on you today. God, we thank you, and we lift this day to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you were asked this question, um, what would you say? If someone asked you, how do you find peace? If your friend, family member came up to you and they said, David, or for lack of a better example, how do you find peace? How do you find peace? A peace that calms our thoughts, a peace that calms our minds, our hearts, especially when circumstances aren't going good. Especially when it's circumstances are uncomfortable, things aren't going right. How do you find peace? Statistics show that anxiety is on the rise. A recent poll of 1,500 Canadians found that 41%, so 41% of those surveyed identified themselves, themselves as someone who struggles with anxiety. So that's almost half, half of the people. A third said that, that they had been formally diagnosed with anxiety. A similar proportion has been prescribed antidepressants. In a recent survey conducted by Abacus Data on behalf of Yahoo Canada, they said that 34% of adult men suffer from anxiety. That percentage jumps up when it was talked about for women. 47% of women strongly or somewhat agreed that I consider myself someone who struggles with anxiety. When they broke down the numbers 
and they, they divided it by ages. People that were age 30 and under, 71% of females reported being anxious versus 53% of men. Now, among 18 to 29-year-olds, 63% reported having anxiety. If you ever want to read the full article, I have it in my notes and stuff. It's, it's wonderful. Actually, this article, especially this one, um, they even talk about how religion affects anxiety. It talks about how even work affects anxiety. There's like a lot of factors. But those are big numbers. They're huge. It's not something to just you know, brush it off or not think about. They, these are very big numbers. Chances are you will know someone that struggles with anxiety. You probably, maybe you yourself struggle with anxiety. And what it shows me is that yes, people are searching for inner peace. What it tells me is that people are looking for it. That our friends are looking for it. Our family members are looking for it. They are craving it. They are craving peace. Maybe you yourself is craving peace. And as Christians, the topic of peace, man, the topic of peace is truly an opportunity that can set us apart. An opportunity to show that we have something worth believing. You know, if you look at Galatians, when it talks about the fruits of the Holy Spirit, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is peace. Today, I want to focus on the common, general anxieties that we go through and what the Bible has to say about it. Uh, my, my psychologist would always say, there is good anxiety, and then there is bad anxiety. Good anxiety is, let's say your house is on fire. Okay, your house is on fire. Ah, of course, you'll be anxious. Okay, if you're hungry, oh my God, grab the stuff, grab the kids, grab the dog. And then you'd, you'd feel anxious. That would be considered a good anxiety. If you said something like, oh, your house is on fire and you didn't care. If you did not care that your house was on fire and you're like, oh man, let's just go for brunch. And that would be something weird. But there's also bad anxiety where your mind is filled with negative thoughts. A lot of it can be hypothetical. You know, what, what if I fail this? What if I fail my test? What are people thinking about me? And it just consumes you. Now, I, I do want to note that I, I'm not talking about medical conditions. Um, medical conditions relating to anxiety. Like I've said before, I, I mentioned a lot of times during um, a lot of my other previous sermons um, to please go see a doctor, okay? It's, it's always okay to go see a doctor. It is okay to take medication. There's no shame in it. Also seeing a psychologist, I believe, is worth it. Um, I preached on that before, so if you ever want to refer back to those sermons, you can. But today I want to focus on the common general anxieties that we experience. General anxieties that we all have and how as Christians who are relatively healthy, how do we deal with anxiety and 
trouble. So today I want to explore two things I do. I want to explore prayer, prayer and anxiety, and also keeping our minds on God. You could call it positive thinking with like a Christian twist or what, a, a hint of a Christian twist. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. But I believe those two things will actually help us with anxiety and give us peace that we all long for. And it's really important for us because I'm telling you, a lot of non-Christians, like our non-Christian friends, non-Christian family members, they will not read the Bible, chances are. They will not go and they'll not read Philippians, but they will read you. They will read our lives. And I think it is important. So today our passage is from Philippians chapter 4. So if you want to open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, if you do not have your Bibles, it's up on the screen. So if we remember, we've been talking about Philippians. Paul is in jail, okay? So Paul is in jail. Uh, the church is not doing good. There is real persecution happening. People are getting killed on the outside, Okay? People are getting killed on the outside of the church. And then also on the inside, like we talked about last week, there's mass confusion on theological issues. It's just one big mess. And the church is trying to survive. And you can imagine that anxiety is at an all-time high. Okay? For good reason. So if you want to open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7, what we're going to do today is we are going to split it into two passages and to two halves, I mean. So Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7, it says this. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That when you are feeling anxious, pray. I know it's cliche. I know it is. People say it to all, you know, just pray. But there is something about talking talking your issues out. You know, like me talking to my counselor, me talking to a psychologist, it's talking. There's something about talking, talking with God in prayer. That prayer is a great way to be honest about how you're feeling, honest about your anxieties. It will be very difficult to get well if you're not honest with yourself. It's just gonna be hard. That if you're in denial, it's just going to be very difficult. You need to be honest. And here, being honest with God, that's typically the first step. To tell God, to talk to God about your anxieties. You know, 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, Cast all your anxiety on him because, why? Because he cares for you. Okay? It's cast all. It's not one. It's not two, it's not three, it's not five, it's not seven. It's cast all anxiety on him because he cares for you. Jesus said in John 14, verse 27, he says, peace I leave you. My peace I give you. 
I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That this peace, this peace, this calming peace that calms our hearts, calms our thoughts, calms our minds can only come from God. Can only come from God. That this peace is available to us and it transcends all understanding. It will guard your hearts and minds, your thoughts. You know, I've been studying um, the Lord's Prayer um, in Luke chapter 11, and it's an amazing passage where Jesus promises us that if we pray according to God's will, according to his kingdom and his name, he will give us everything we need. He will take care of us. You know, that's a promise of a father to his son, to his children. He will take care of us. A few years ago, um, you know, I was sleeping in bed, and my wife gets up, and she's like, I want to buy a new house. I'm like, oh, is that right? Well, I, I guess, you know. Let's go, go, let's go look. And if you ever looked at buying a new house and stuff, it's fun to go to show homes and stuff, and you get to see what could be. And then sometimes the show homes, uh, the, the doors are like connected to each other. So you go from one house to the other, and you get like a picture, a picture in your mind of what your shower can look like. Maybe it can be a see-through glass, and really tall, and you can be showering, and it'll be nice. I'm like, oh, I love that shower. Or you can see the carpet, and then you can feel it, and you say, oh man, your mind wanders. Like, okay, you can put my TV here. It's great to look for a house. Show homes are awesome, it's fun. So we're looking for a house, and then we found one that we liked. We're like, oh boy, what do we do? Okay, let's think about it. So we went back home, and we're like, oh, you know what, let's look at other show homes. So we go to Calgary, and we look at another show home in Calgary, and then we looked in Airdrie, and then I found the same house in Calgary and in Airdrie. We're like, what? How, how is it? How, how did this happen? How can we get two houses? One in Calgary, one in Airdrie. And then I looked at the price, and the one in Airdrie was $30,000 cheaper. I'm like, whoa, what? Oh my gosh, so we're like thinking, oh my goodness, th this is crazy. So we're, we went back to the one in Airdrie and we're like, we're really looking and then the seller notices when you keep coming over and over and over and over again. They just notice, they just know, hey, you, hey, you came like two days ago, right? You remember. And I was like, oh my God, and I liked her. And it was to, uh, honestly, uh, I forgot her name. I think her name was Ashley. So we got to know each other on a first name basis. I'm Ashley and Dave. And she actually lives on my neighbor. She's actually one of my neighbors too. So she lives in the same block with us. And then, so she noticed us, and then we got talking and stuff. And then, oh my gosh, they had a good deal. They're like, you know what? including the 30K down, we can even add an additional 10K. Oh, oh, oh my gosh, 10K? And if you want to upgrade, our upgrade package is half off. You don't say, Ashley. So we started sitting down, and we started talking, okay? 
And then we started talking, and then, oh my gosh, they only have a few lots left. Oh, what do we do? We really want this house. So we're like, oh, I don't know. We haven't sold our house yet. I haven't sold our house yet. We have to do that first. And she's like, oh, don't worry about it. Just sell it. You'll, you'll, you'll be able to sell it on time. I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think I'd rather sell it first, get the equity that I can use a down payment for the house. I'm like, oh, don't worry. You'll have plenty of time to sell it, you know? So we're like, okay. So we got up and they're like, you know what? Let's say yes. So we sat down, we're like, Yes, and I sign all these papers. Like, oh, you only live once, right, Ashley? <laughs> and they're like, and we're just signing it and stuff. And we're like, oh my gosh. And we get into the car and we're so happy. We're good. And when I'm happy, I love texting my mom because she makes me happy, I guess. But I was like, text my mom everything. And then she's like, she sent me this huge message. And then my phone is ringing, and it's my mom again. I'm like, Mom, you just texted me. Why are we still talking on the phone? And she's like, David, what if you don't sell your house? And I'm like, oh my gosh. I haven't thought about that. <laughs> like, what if you're not just going to have one mortgage, you're going to have two mortgages? And there was all these exclamation marks. Like, oh, gosh. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness, she's right. And I'm like, oh, what do we do? What do we do? Like, we didn't know what to do. And my mom kept texting and texting and texting. Every time I come over to the house, she's telling me. She's just, just constant. I'm like, oh, this negativity, I can't take it anymore. It was just, oh, my gosh, I was just overwhelmed. I was so overwhelmed to the point I could not sleep. You remember I said last week I couldn't sleep because of the raptors? This was another such occasion where I couldn't sleep, but I kept thinking, I can't afford two mortgages. I can't. Like, it would be bad for us, for me and Shala. Like, I, so either I'd find a renter or something, but I, I don't know what if that doesn't work out. So like, my anxiety kept rising and rising and rising, and we got scared. So we went off and we started to sell the house. We need to, to do everything we wanted to sell. We had seven months to sell the house. If we did not sell the house, then I'm going to have two mortgages. So we tried to sell it, and I'm praying to God. I'm like, God, please help me. I'm so dumb. Why did, I, why did we say yes? That's Ashley. She said, she told us. She said that it would be OK, that I, I was getting nervous. And, I, and so we're trying to sell the house. Uh, we got a realtor, and I, I'm saran wrapping the, the table because when they come, the kids, when they eat, all the crumbs just fall. And it was just stressful. That was the most stressful week. I was so stressed out. We eventually sold the house in one week. And so it, it, it did work out. Now, I do want to say this, OK? Like, it, it does work out. So Ashley was right. <laughs> but again, I don't recommend doing what we did, OK? Uh, because many times, it doesn't work out that quickly, OK? Many times, it doesn't work out that quickly. Sometimes it takes two years. Sometimes it takes, I don't know, 100 years. I, I, I don't know. Sometimes things like these don't work out, or our circumstances, it doesn't just work out. But we can be confident that whatever we're anxious about, whatever trouble that we have, we can be confident in God that says that it will work out eventually that it will work out 
eventually. And like the Lord's Prayer, we can be confident that God always answers prayer. He always gives what we need. He always gives what we need or something he thinks is better. You know, sometimes when I'm with my kids, we had this time we were going to go to the movie theater, and I was excited to buy them popcorn from the movie theater. But my, my youngest son is, no, I want this. And he held up this Kirkland microwave popcorn. I'm like, why, why, would, why would you want that? We could go to the theater and get movie popcorn. But he kept complaining and said, no, I want Kirkland movie popcorn microwave popcorn. I was like, ah, no. So I put my nostril to his cheek and I whispered in his ear. I said, would you want microwave popcorn? And I don't even know if the butter's real. I have no idea. I'm not sure. Would you want microwave popcorn or real fresh popcorn with real butter? Layered! And I, I scream at him because I'm like, I know what's better. You know, if he just waited, you know, if he just waited that long 10-minute ride, he would just see that this popcorn is just better. And of course it was better. He's all happy and stuff, eating it. He's all layered and whatnot. Because I know better. I want to give them the best. You know, as a parent, I want to give them the best. It doesn't mean I say yes all the time. I say wait, that's how you know, or whatever. Have confidence in your father. I think that's the thing that I was kind of sad about, that my kids did not have confidence in me, that I knew popcorn better than them. And sometimes we're like that with God too. We think we know better. We can't wait. Have confidence in your father. Have confidence in the God that cares for you. Why would he give you less? Let's continue in our, in our passage again. We're going to go to the second half here. So Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 to 9. It says this, Finally, brothers and sisters... Whatever is true, whatever is right, oops, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. When you are feeling anxious, keep your mind on God and the things of God. You know, things like beauty. Um, when you see the mountains or waterfalls, that everything that God does is good. Um, from the very beginning, from Genesis, uh, we read that he was creating things that were good. But what differentiated him with all the other gods is that he was creating out of joy. That he loved, he wanted to do this. He's creating out of, out of joy that every intent and motivation, that every intent and motivation of God is for our good. 
And only as we think, okay, only as we think about what is good can we understand what God is doing. Not that we're guaranteed to understand everything and know exactly what God is up to, but if we are dwelling in constant negativity, okay, if we're dwelling on constant negative thoughts, then we have no chance to see what God is doing. Because what God is doing is good. And everything good comes from God. So we must take captive of every negative thought. Okay? Take captive of everything, every negative thought and replace it with thinking of things that is true. Okay? Thinking of things that is true. What is true? Well, we saw it. God cares about me. God loves me. I am, I am accepted and loved by God, period. Think about the truth. Think about those things. Think about what is noble. Think about what is right, what is lovely. If anything that is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That's so hard to do. But it's a discipline that we can learn and practice over and over and over again to take captive of every negative thought and replace it with something beautiful, with something true. There was a book um, by Viktor Frankl. It was called Man's Search for Meaning. And I read it in my grade 12 religion class. And it was about um, Viktor Frankl. He was this Jewish doctor, and he was in a Nazi uh, concentration camp in World War II. Okay? Uh, if you ever watch the movies like Schindler's List the, or um, other movies with concentration camps, it's a horrible place. It's like death. You know, there's pictures of people malnourished, people starving, people trying to survive. So Victor was this Jewish doctor. He, he survived the, the death concentration camps. And his book, um, The Man's Search for Meaning, it, it explored the reason why some people, okay? It explored why some people under such horrendous conditions, under horrible conditions, seem to stay strong and also stay kind, okay? that under these conditions of like starvation and death, some people at this camp seemed to stay strong and they also stayed kind, while others simply gave up or even became collaborators to survive. He concluded that it all had to do with their meaning in life, what they fixed their thoughts on. This is what he writes. He says this. He says, those who did not crumble, okay? Those in the consecration camps, those who did not crumble often had a different kind of reference point that transcended the circumstances of this life. Many prisoners turned back to a depth and vigor of religious belief that surprised the new arrivals that if your meaning, if your meaning and if your thoughts are on Jesus and on eternal life and on these kingdom 
thoughts or all these things. It is a meaning. It is a meaning that cannot be destroyed. It is a meaning that cannot be taken away from you. Because for some of them, they had good careers, they had good families, they had good wives, you know, romance or whatnot. But once that death concentration camp came, all of that stuff was taken away from them. But he said, the ones that survived, the ones that flourished, is because they had a meaning that was beyond romance, it was beyond careers, it was beyond family. It was transcendent. This is not a Christian book. Okay, it's not a Christian book. But he says, like, when they had a meaning that transcended the circumstances of life, they were able to survive and stay strong and stay kind. Because um, this kind of meaning cannot be destroyed by adversity, even in the midst of a horrible concentration camp. So keep your thoughts and mind on God. Gordon Smith um, had this exercise. He calls it um, three by 10. Um, three by 10, which, which aims to push the boundaries of our awareness, okay? So in this exercise, he says, write 10 things you're thankful for. Da, 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 write, write, write. Okay, write 10 things. Okay, write 10 things. And then write another 10 reasons why you, well, you like it or whatnot. And then write another list of 10 things of why you are thankful. And it, in his thing, it's supposed to push their awareness of what they have. Okay, so three by 10. So I did this with my bed the other day. I wrote on my first list. Okay, I'm thankful for my bed. It's not broken. <laughs> okay, that's good. It's spacious because my wife does not, we don't sleep in the same bed right now. We're not getting divorced or anything. It's just like I snore, I guess, and she, she can't sleep. And I just wake her up. So she sleeps in Jalen's room while the two kids sleep in Isaiah's room. Okay, so I have the bed to myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, spacious for me. Okay, and I'm 5'2", so I was like, whoa, it's really big. And my wingspan is limited. So I'm like, whoa, look at that, I got a lot of space. So I wrote that. Then I wrote another list, and it got more detailed. Well, I'm thankful for my sheets. Have you put sheets and it just came out of the dryer? And you're like, God. You put it on, you're like, lying. oh my God, it feels so warm. Feels good. So I'm thankful for my sheets. I'm thankful for my, not one pillow, but two pillows, oh my gosh. So I can put my arm in it, I can, whatever. I'm thankful for my warm blanket. The mattress is soft and it feels nice on my back. So then I put that on my list. And then I had to write another list, all right. I sleep alone, I'm like, all right. My arms are outstretched, my legs can move. You know, because when I used to sleep with Shala, she would she would, <laughs> She, before we'd sleep, and she'd, like, she'd yell, and she'd like, hug me! Oh, God, okay. So we'd hug each other. She said to yell. So they hug each other, but then I put my arm like around her, her back, 
and then we'd sleep for like 50, uh, I don't know, even by five minutes, my arm is dying. And like, I'm like, God, I can't, how do you even, I, I can't feel my arm. And then she's asleep. And then, like I said, she's bad at sleeping. She wakes up when I flip the switch on. Okay, just one click and she's like, oh, why would you do that? And every time I leave the room, she's like, why are you walking so loud? I'm like, well, how do you even walk loud? Whatever, it doesn't make sense. So my arm is like dead, it's, it's, it's I don't know, it's just fell asleep. So I had to move it. And then she's like, oh, you know, she gets, oh, you woke me up. Like, what, do I, what do I do? So I wrote, I'm so happy that I can sleep and I have no one to hold. Okay, done. <laughs> just kidding, I'm just joking, okay? So my legs can move, but in the end, it's just an exercise to help you become aware of what you're thankful for. Because you could say, I'm thankful for my bed, period, and that's it. You can generalize things, or you can make it really, really detailed. Really, really detailed. Because thoughts turn into real gratitude. Thoughts turn into real gratitude, and then we see we see with our own two eyes what God has blessed us with. And we see what God has blessed us with already the things he's done. And sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we don't see it. But if we take the time to think, to think, to put our thoughts and really think, we become more aware. We become more aware when we keep our minds on God and when we think of what is true, lovely, praiseworthy, and noble. Because, you know, Paul could have just put like a generalized thing. Put your mind on God, period. And then send the letter. No, he moves detailed, man. It's true, lovely, praiseworthy, noble. It's just this, just this depth. We have to be people of depth that think. First Timothy 4 verse 4 says, For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. Everything God created is good. Anxiety is a real problem. It is a real problem. From the statistics we read, Many people are looking for peace. They're looking for peace. And we know as Christians, you know, we call Jesus the Prince of Peace. He wants to give us his peace that transcends all understanding, that will guard our minds, our hearts, and our thoughts, no matter the circumstances. So we need to pray. Talk it out. Be honest with God. Share a request with thanksgiving. We pray like the Lord's Prayer. Focus on God's kingdom and his name, and he will give us what we need. When anxiety comes, share our needs. God cares about us. God cares about you and wants to take care of our needs. Have confidence in your Father. Keep our minds on God. God is good. It's not just thinking about happy thoughts, but being aware of what God is doing that only happens when we think about Jesus and the things of God like beauty, what is noble, and what is true. 
Will we understand that God is after our good? We must become Christians that have this peace, this inner peace that only God can give in every circumstance. Because I promise you, a lot of our friends, family, they're not going to read this. They may not even come to church. They may not even read Philippians. But they will read us. At work, at school, dinner time, wherever, they will read us. They will read our lives, but will they find peace? Will they find peace? Let's pray. God, for many of us today, we are um, we're suffering with the general anxieties that life brings us. Um, that life is hard. Life is tough. God, I, I pray for many of us that may be struggling with anxiety. God, it, it may be a medical condition. God, I encourage them, Father, that it's okay to see a doctor. It's okay. There's no shame in, see, in getting medicine. Maybe we need to see a psychologist, a counselor. And that's okay too. But for some of us that are just, you know, we're just struggling with the general anxieties of life, we're relatively healthy. God, teach us to pray. God, teach us that we can talk to you, that we can be honest, we can share what we're struggling with. And God, you are God that wants to give us peace. That we share a request, God, the God of peace that transcends all understanding will guard our hearts, minds, and our thoughts God, help us to have a mind that is focused on you. Focused on beauty. Focused on the truth. Focused on what is noble, what is praiseworthy. God, I pray that we can think about such things. I pray, Father, that we can be a people of peace. Peace that guards our hearts. And to a world that may not read the Bible, they may not go to church, but they will read us. I pray, Father, that they will find peace. And a peace that they can have too. That we have something worth believing. God, we thank you. And we lift this day to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's stand as we conclude and we'll recite the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts 
also we have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. All right. Uh, it is 34 yes and negative one no. So, who's that negative? So, thank you all for voting because this is answer prayer. And so, we expect these changes to take effect in, within the next month or two. And uh, thanks, thanks all. And have a good day. Go in peace.